0: the value of people because God loves people. God is into people. Uh, he, He loves you and me more than we can understand because, friends, you are more than where you came from. You are more than the things that happened to you. You're more than what people said about you as a child or even as an adult because you are made in the image of God. We're all made to be like God. We're adopted into the family of God, and you'll one day stand in the presence of God, clothed in the garments that He has given you. And I think that's a powerful and specific, a significant truth this morning. We're going to read a scripture from Psalm 139, verse 13. You should know by now that this is one of my favorite verses of scripture. And it says, You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something, like an open book. You watched me grow from conception. Hey, that's amazing. Conception to birth. All the stages of my life spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Do you think God has got a plan for your life? You better believe it. He's got an absolute plan for your life. Are things all working out according to the plan right now? Maybe not. Maybe things are coming unstuck for you somewhere along the line. Does that mean God is not with you? No, He's with you. He's got a plan. And I tell you, He's got a a purpose and a wonderful purpose for your life. So um, God loves people and He values us. And it's why we need to value each other. You know, the world at large doesn't understand this. And you you might feel like you don't have the same standing as some other people in the community, maybe. You might feel like you don't have the same qualifications as some other people, the same style, the same skin color, or anything like that. But the, the value of your life is not measured by any of those world standards. That's what the world thinks about the value of people. And friends, you can spend a lifetime trying to work out who you are, but the real key to life is working out whose you are, knowing that you belong to the King of Kings, to God Himself. That's where your value really comes from. Because He said, I made you in my image, and you've got value, and you belong to Him. That's the value. So we need to value people because God loves people. We need to love people you know if, so, if you see someone that doesn't maybe talk the same way you do or think the same way you do doesn't agree with you might not agree with you about anything that that person still got value and is loved by God and I want that to be a key value for us here at the church and it's working because I hear people telling me all the time that they feel valued here so that's the way it needs to be. Second thing is worship. I told you to be quick. Worship is a key value for lifestream church. Let's read one Peter chapter two verse four and five. You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but chosen by God for great honor, and you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more. You are His holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. He's talking about worship. He's talking about the fact that God is building a something. God is building a house. It's called a house of worship. It's a place where we can worship God. You probably know that in the Bible, uh, uh, in St. Genesis, um, about chapter... Uh, 11 I think it is it says where God uh, says to Abram Abram came to this place called Beth Bethel Bethel it means house of God Bethel means house of God and so God is building a house for himself and uh, and also the next verse which shows in, in uh, Psalm 22 verse 3 actually it's not on the screen uh, yes it is still, still you are holy you make your home on the praises of Israel God is God wants to come and dwell in the praises of His people. That's why when we come together in church, that's why we sing and why we worship, why we praise God. Because He said, I'm going to come and dwell right there among you. And wouldn't you want God to be here? I mean, it's nice. It's nice to come and meet with all of you. That's great. I love that. But it's better for God to be here as well. And He said, when you come together, I'm there, I'm there amongst you. But there's a thing called the manifest presence of God where, man, you can walk in the door and you just know God is here. God is in the house. And uh, I want that to be the case every day. It says, so you are holy. You make your home on the praises of Israel. So that's why we worship God. And it's so important that we do that. Worship implies proximity. Uh, You know, you can't be a a worshipper really from a distance. Uh, Well, you can, but it doesn't really work that well. Uh, You've got to get close to God. When you say, God, I'm going to be a worshipper of you, what you're implying is, God, I want to come close to you. I want to get close to you. What that means then is that I'm willing to let God examine my heart and my life. You know, like David said a bit further on in that Psalm 139, he said, God, let your searchlight beam beyond me. You know, I I want you to look inside my heart and see everything on the inside of me. So if you're going to be a worshiper, friends, it means that you've uh, you've got to open your heart to God and let Him look on the inside of you because He wants to change some things about you. Do you need changing? Do I need changing? Of course we do. We're full of all kinds of things that we need to change. Even if you're the most holy person here, or the smartest person here, the most educated, the most whatever, there's things in your life that need to change. So God says, I want to change you. When we worship Him, we are being changed uh, as we behold Him. So the third thing is community. Now, community... We're not talking about the place or the community where you grew up in, the place where you lived. Uh, When we talk about the sense of belonging and ownership and shared values and acceptance, when you know that you're a part of something, that's what we're talking about. When you just know that you're with a group of people and and you belong there and, and you're just a part of it and you have those shared values and you know you're accepted. Here's the thing. God designed you and I to live in community. He designed people in general to live in community, not isolated, not just individuals. Now, there's a, there's a big thing in the world today, a, a lot of pressure to be an individual, to be, um, you know, I'm my I'm my own man. You know, like I did it I did it my way. It's an old song if you're under forty, uh, a famous song from. A long time ago, it says, I did it my way. And you still see it coming out in advertising and in various things, that kind of theme, you know. Um, there was a, a another series of TV ads when I was a kid, actually, a long time ago, which uh, portrayed the Marlborough Man, you know. Who's, who's old enough to know, have seen those ads on TV? The Marlborough Man, you know, which is a cigarette, type of cigarettes. Is that how you hold a cigarette? I'm not sure. You hold a cigarette... <laughs> Dale is telling me, stop digging a hole for yourself. <laughs> and he <she's laughs> it was, it was like mounted on a horse and he was just like the, the epitome of independence and individuality. Because that's the kind of image that people wanted to see in those days. It's still the same. We see so much the promotion of individual endeavor, but actually God himself lives in community. When God said, let us make men or, and women to be like us, He was saying, He already, before God said that, before God said, let us make man in our image, or mankind in our image, He was already living in community, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we're going to understand that God is in community. And when we, we come together, we just just being, that's a godly thing to be. So... Um, that's why I'm always talking about small groups, and we're going to come back to that. So in a, in a community, in genuine community, there is life, there is healing, there is fruitfulness, life-giving relationships are established. Uh, guess what my computer just died life-giving relationships are established and and there is blessing there because you know that that's that's God God designed us to be in that kind of community and it's a wonderful thing it's a good thing so I we believe in community here at a livestream church and so we're going to keep on. Uh, promoting that idea it's what small groups are really all about being together with other people and God says Jesus said when you get together uh, in my name when you gather together truly in my name I am there among you and that's why we we look at that so uh, just talk to any of our small group leaders here if you want to join one of our small groups um, it's a it's a really good thing to do so the, the fourth thing Uh, which is up on the screen, is friendship and building a culture of friendship. So Jesus said, uh, this is my command, love one another the way I've loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. So here's the thing. It's one thing to talk about community and and the value of being together in groups and all that sort of thing. But at the core of it is the ability to have and and maintain friendships. And and I just believe that uh, God wants you and I to to have friends. It's also a key thing in in the modern world in which we live because uh, this is really under threat today. Uh, The idea of Real friends is under threat. While, while the, our take-up of uh, technology is growing at an alarming rate, there's something else growing at an alarming rate in the world, and that's loneliness. The world is suffering from an epidemic of loneliness. Well, you might have a thousand friends on Facebook. How many real friends do you really have? And I was actually thinking about this this morning and I was going to say, well, how would you define those friends? I mean, how often do you see those friends? I mean, what kind of conversations do you have with those friends? You might say, oh, well, well I don't really actually talk to them. I just kind of, you know, I acknowledge them. I make a few comments occasionally. I like lots of things. That's not real friendship. And so... How do, you, how do you have friends? You and I both know that uh, to be friends, to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. You've got to take the initiative. It takes effort. It takes effort to build and maintain friendship. It just takes effort to do that. Here's some things. Um, being honest and being truthful. You know, when you are, when you are truthful, what happens is you, you build and develop trust. When you follow through on the words, on what you said you would do, you, are, you build trust, and trust is an absolutely key element of friendship. Here's another one, positive affirmation. Uh, being, being a positive person, you know, and you might say, well, if you knew how bad my world was, you wouldn't be telling me I've got to be a positive person. But you can still, i tell you what, when, when the fig tree doesn't blossom, when everything's going bad in your world, the, the writer, the, the, the prophet in the Old Testament said, in the book of Habakkuk, he said, yet will I rejoice in God. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Even though my crops have all died and my vineyards, all the grapes have fallen off and the birds have come down and stolen every everything, I'm still going to rejoice in God. You can still be a positive person regardless of what's going on in your world. The third thing is that... Um, being someone who's willing to be in need, to share, to have a need and share that need, to ask for help. A lot of people never want to ask for help because of this independence thing. Now, the trick is don't overuse it. If you're someone who's always in need, you're needy the whole time, that's that's a bit of a, a disincentive. But it's good to share, if you've got a need, be willing to ask for help. Because that old, old saying that says, a friend in need is a friend indeed, that's a true saying. I believe that, so long as you don't overuse it. And also help others in need. Anyway, those things, they they, they can all feed into the idea of uh, friendship. And we want to be able to build a culture of friendship here at Life stream Church so here's another thing if there's someone here that you've never met before why don't you go up to them and say G'day I'm Bob or G'day I'm Mary I haven't met you before I actually have a feeling that there are some people who have never met other people even as small as we are hey we're small if you start now when we are 300 people you're going to be able to still do the same you'll be able to go to, you, you'll have new people to meet every week and that'll be awesome so um Yeah, why don't you do that? Try that. That's a good thing. Last thing is about, the last point is about a culture of serving, building a culture of serving. And and Jesus came, friends, to bring us a new definition of greatness. We're going to read some scriptures here from John chapter 13. It was time for supper. The devil had already uh, prompted Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that his father had given him authority over everything that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table. What did he do? When, When Jesus knew and understood that he had all authority in heaven and in earth, what did he do? He sat back and gloated over it. He said, man, I can do anything I want. No, he got up from the table, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. So what would you do what would your first act be if you knew that you had all power and all authority you know it's what separates us from Jesus because he what he did is he said how can I serve these people right now and so what we need to do friends is get that same kind of servant mentality serving others is a great thing to do and it's not this this is not about being famous is what you do for yourself. But being great is what you do for others. That's why I said Jesus came to give us a new definition of greatness. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 9 right now. After they arrived at Capernaum, settled in a house, Jesus said to the disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they were, they were sort of sprung because they'd been arguing about which of them was the greatest. And he sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Now here's the thing. Jesus wasn't trying to discourage them from the pursuit of greatness. He wasn't saying, you shouldn't be great. You shouldn't be aspiring to greatness. He wasn't doing that at all. He was trying to redirect their thinking so that they could actually get there, so that they could achieve their objective and become great. That's what he was saying. He wasn't giving them, uh, he wasn't saying that uh, greatness should be replaced with servanthood. He was saying, this is how you define greatness. It's called servanthood. So greatness is something we should all be aspiring to. It starts with servanthood, with serving other people. Serving God and serving people. So that's why we encourage people to get involved. And again, on the table over there, there's a little piece of paper with some uh, opportunities and ways if you want to tick a box and say, I could do that. That's something I could do. Maybe I could help out in this way right here. It's That's where greatness begins, serving other people and being a blessing to other people. So um, that's that's just a rundown of of. What our values are here at livestream so uh, people and you know all, all these things that I've just shared this morning in every one of those areas you could start where you are right now one of the great things about about serving is is you don't have to wait till you get a position inverted comments but you start where you are. And it's a principle in the kingdom of God that uh, function start, you see function first and then recognition. You don't get the recognition first and then you start doing something. Well, now I've got a title. I can actually do some job. What you do is you start where you are. You just start doing what's immediately in front of you, and God will open doors. And eventually, you know, when you're fruitful, you might get some recognition. You know? Recognition is not a bad thing. But we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on function and serving God. So, so the value of people. You can start loving people right now, where you are. Uh, you know, you can start being a worshiper right now where you are. You can start, you know, building community. Maybe get a few people. Maybe you're not in a small group. Why don't you get a few people around you and say, "Let's start a small group." Wouldn't that be a good idea? You know, um, you don't have to have. Uh, a six-month course on group leadership to be a small group leader here at Livestream. It's pretty easy. It's very easy. You just start. <laughs> and then, uh, what about uh, being a friend? Well, that's you could do that right now. You can start being a friend right now. What about serving others? Well, it's pretty easy to start that too. Just get that piece of paper over there and you can start. So why don't we pray? Uh, do you want to just come back now, Del? And um, we're going to pray as we close our time together. And... Um, that that's a quick rundown of what what are the values that we are seeking to establish and build and and what is the culture that we want to build flowing out of those values um, so yeah if and look I want to also say too as, as we close this meeting this morning friends um, if you're here today and uh and you need healing in your body uh, I, I want you to feel free to come and just ask for prayer this morning because we want to uh, we we want to be a healing community, as well. We we are we are believing and operating in faith that God is touching the sick, that God is healing, that He is a supernatural God who wants to bring healing, and for that power and supernatural anointing to flow in the lives of people. And so, uh, I, I want you to feel free uh, to at any time to ask for prayer, so that we can. The more we pray for the sick, the more miracles we will see. And if you say, I don't believe in healing, well, that's okay. You probably won't ever experience it. But if you say, Jesus is my healer, guess what? You're pretty close to being healed. Uh, You just need someone who will probably agree with you. And, you know, there you are. You'll see a miracle. And I've seen so many in my own life that I'm absolutely convinced that God is a healing God. Can we just stand up right now?